Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, themfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15. Whether you're using the cooling cream for those aches and pains after hitting the gym, or you're using the CBD plus melatonin like I'm going to in about five minutes uh, five minutes from now so that I can fall asleep after this podcast that we're literally doing at on Friday at 12.30 in the morning. This is literally a Thursday night podcast that won't be done until 1 o'clock in the morning Friday for you guys to enjoy it. Really pumped to ha- uh, have you guys listening. We are like kids on Chris- the night before Christmas uh, for as far as Supercross goes. By this time, in 24 hours now, it's basically going to be full-blown real. The track is in. The track is sealed. The track is all ready to go. And uh, my friend of mine on the line will be down there. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, as usual, he is—he's uh, he's my regular co-host. He's a, a, more more often than not as big a part of this as I am with this stuff. He's super dedicated because I call him up or I text him at eleven thirty p.m. on a Thursday, and he works tomorrow. And I said, "Hey, do you want to do a quick two fifty preview?" And he's like, "Yup, let's do it." A round of applause, nay, a standing ovation for the one. The only one of my best friends in the whole wide world, David Drakes. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> What's up, Brad? Loving the intros, man. I'm feeling big about myself now. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like you're like your hype man. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I know. You, you know, I'm just something wrong with me. I'm like touching the head when I'm like amped to talk about dirt bikes at like 12:30 in the morning. So for sure, um, for yeah, sure. and to get into it, the butterflies are starting to kick off for a one. It's it's going to be a killer, man. I mean, there's so much to talk about. It's it's insane. We had to split up the whole, you know, pre-show into like two different pods pretty much. So, uh, excited, man. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. I think we kind of have to really like to, to, to give each guy his due. And I know we didn't talk about somebody. I guarantee if we listen it back, we'll just be like, Oh, why did we not talk, not talk about Dean or why did we not talk about so-and-so? Like we barely touched on Bogle. We barely touched on Baggett. Um, and, and, and not to say that the, I feel like those guys are going to absolutely kill it because I actually don't think they're going to uh, as far as like winning races and stuff like that. But this podcast, unlike some other podcasts that basically weren't even going to talk about it because there wasn't lists out, I think we can make enough specula- speculation to sort of figure out what uh, who's racing uh, what as far as uh, like provisional uh, entry lists uh, being released for the 250 class. I think we can get make a, a pretty educated guess of who we're going to see in the 250 West region, which drops this weekend. Really excited to see uh, who who will be there. Uh, of course, uh, did Star Yamaha do all their guys? I bet they did too. Let's mm. see. I see Cooper, Ferrandis, uh, Shane's in there. Did they put Nichols? Yeah, yeah. they put Nichols. Yep. Fucking fuck Will Hahn. Just, just to throw us off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's put them all in there. Uh, I'm pretty damn sure it's going to be Ferrandis and it's going to be McElrath because uh, those two are all, like, I don't think McElrath has ever raced East. Uh, he's led the points on the West multiple times and uh, Star Racing Yamaha wants to defend a plate. So 
Uh, that's not the hardest thing to, to imagine in the world as far as uh, uh, who's going where. Uh, was there anybody else on? Is there anyone else on Star that's racing Supercross? What's his um? Macro, or I think it's just the Masterpool just isn't. Masterpool isn't. going to be out. What about I Fry? I'm not mistaken. Is that Fry kid doing it? No. Ah, uh, no. I think he's. I think he's staying am. Yeah, I think he still needs to get yeah. his points, so to speak. Um, uh, and then same thing for that other, the other young man that they have, uh, riding under their, uh, um, uh, LeBlanc, 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 Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, super anyway, yeah, super, super fast. Kids got all, all the talent in the world. So they're fielding four riders east and west. Uh, Colt Nick, last time I checked, Colt Nichols is having shoulder surgery, and uh, for all intents and purposes, I, th- I think that Cooper uh, wants a second crack at the uh, the outdoor t- uh, the uh, East title. So I think they're going to throw him on the East. So I, like Star Racing, trying to throw us a little bit of a curveball, uh, but I, I I think you can take it to the bank that uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be those two. It's going to be Dylan and it's going to be McElrath. We'll kind of go through the teams a little bit. Who's going to kind of pop off? The page at us who uh, isn't really doing that uh, I think that um, do I see Chris, Christian Craig so did Honda uh, put all their guys in so you have Martin for the provisional Craig. yeah I see Martin I see this Craig is bad radio. I see Lawrence I only see one Lawrence uh, I only see one Lawrence I don't yeah. see a Mumford I don't see no nope. uh, I don't see um the other thirteen guys. <laughs> the other seventeen riders that they have on Geico. Uh Shimoda. I don't see Shimoda. So I think yeah, that's the three then. That's it's uh it's Martin as well as Craig and and Lawrence. Which is pretty wild to think of Jet Lawrence racing west. Uh, after mm. not really uh, having, this is going to make his pro debut as far as Supercross goes. Um, coming out on the west rather than going east, his brother will go east. Uh, with the, I guess he's still trying to come back from that. Is it possibly comes back for knee surgery? Maybe that's that's a that's an iffy one, man. Knee surgery can go anyway. And there's some guys that that can get out of it quick. Some guys are like yeah. eight, nine, ten bums. It's it's really hit or miss. I think, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd be willing to bet that he's probably riding by then, but like that's basically eight weeks from now, so uh, we kind of yeah. have to know. Uh, but that's so far, that's just bad audio. So let's try and uh, let's try and nix that if we can. Um, but uh, let, let's try to run these guys through. Um, starting with Star Racing Yamaha, let's start with the defending champ. The Frenchman. He he lives in Lake Elsinore, California, but that's not where he's, his hometown is. Uh, thank you very much, uh, AMA Pro Racing. Um, he's from France. He's defending the title. He's been hammering down on both a 250. I think he even raced, raced, he raced a 450 for uh, the France, uh, the Paris race. But otherwise, he's been pounding out motos for the, on the 250. I think, honestly, Dylan Fernandez has every opportunity in the world to grab uh, Anaheim one as uh, a win, and like I'm not going to say he's going to run the board because he's got a lot of guys around him who are going to be fast and going to be nipping at his heels. But I, like it's going to be uh, it's like if 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 people can't get uh, get on his uh, 
his ass in quickly, it's going to be um, it's going to be a sh- it's going to be a long winter for a few of those guys. Like I, I think Dylan Ferrandez is probably my odds-on favorite for not only winning the West Coast Championship, but I think he has a very good chance of being the uh, a double champion in the class this year before he goes 450s next year, winning both 250s uh, on the West Coast and outdoors. Uh, I know that's a little early to be said uh, here on January 3rd, the Friday. Uh, of uh, before the season even starts, we got a whole lot more racing to go. But uh, what do you think, man? What do you think of Dylan Ferrandis, the the one W, going out there and uh, and doing work coming uh, coming coming up pretty soon? Uh, I like his chances a lot, man. I mean, one thing I like about Dylan Ferrandis is that he doesn't back down. So it doesn't matter who's in front of him, who's behind him, he doesn't seem to get rattled by a lot of pressure, which you know is coming from guys underneath his tent uh it's going to be like um i i could see a uh, justin cooper or colt nichols really pushing him pr- pretty hard um just like we saw some of those guys do last year um but I, I i do think he's very capable of it um he's super super um like mentally strong uh very very good uh, skilled rider when it comes to more of the technical tracks or technical riding um but he also has that all-out speed that we like to see in riders so I like his chances a lot, man. I think he's really going to have his hands full, like I said, with not only his teammates, but someone like uh, Chase Sexton or Forkner. Um, but if anyone can fend those guys off, I, I really think it's Dylan. Whether he can do, uh, you know, um, back-to-back titles going SX and MX, that's super tough. We've seen in the past, it's very draining on these riders. Very few guys have done it, um, you know, in, in this in this championship class so uh i'm not taking anything away from the guy i think he's capable of it but i know it just takes so much to get it done supercross and motocross um but i I like his chances i think dylan is probably my number one pick um edging out just a little bit over forkner for me if i have to be honest um it's just because dylan just seems like he doesn't make those mistakes uh, like we see some of the uh other 250 guys make he's super consistent and he's just got the the skills to pay the bills man i like his chances Skills to pay the bill. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, Dylan Francis is, is looking to have himself a pretty damn good winter on the West Coast. And I think, honestly, I, I give him uh, the nod most times when they come together for those uh, those shootouts. I, I know that Austin Forkner is going to be tough to beat. You know he was fast last year. And of course, uh, with those that speed came a lot of crashes, but uh, yet to be seen whether he's cleaned that up. Uh, let's stick on the, on the blue bikes for now. Um, Shane McElrath. First time that we're seeing him on a Yamaha. Second time we're here seeing him change colors. Of course, he raced. He's always raced for uh, TLD uh, prior to this, but he raced for TLD Honda before he was a TLD KTM guy. Um, for the but for the first time, we're gonna see him uh, with the uh, that monster claw on the side of his helmet. Uh, he this guy has won Anaheim one in the past. He's like I said in the in the past. He's uh, he's led points. On the West Coast, he hasn't been able to finish it just yet, but uh, if you want to talk about a man amongst boys out there in the class, I think he's one of the older guys in the class right now, um, having turned pro, I believe this is his sixth full season uh, as a professional motocross racer, fifth or sixth for sure. Um, and uh, he's going to be a force to reckon with. I think one of, uh, at least on the West Coast, um, one of Dylan's closest competitors is going to be under uh, the same uh, paddock 
Uh, he's got a new trainer for this year uh, in Gareth Swanepoel, someone he's worked with in the past um, on some things. I know they've done some a lot of bike rides, and they're very familiar with those types of things. So familiar territory for Shane McElrath. Uh, I like I expect him to win races. I expect him to, to at some point lead the points in this series. Uh, he's had a little bit of an issue with uh, finishing off series, though we haven't seen him do uh, do that outdoors certainly, and uh, we've seen him uh, hold leads and lose both of them uh, in on the 250 West. What do you think there, Dave? Uh, I, I think Shane McElroy has a good chance. Uh, I just think he's uh, he lacks that consistency. So he'll get on a string, and he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Tomac, where this guy could get on a winning streak. He can he can win uh, heat races, um, get a really good groove, win the win the uh, the main event, um, then go on the next week and do the same thing. But then he kind of falters. So I think he gets in the stride, but just kind of fails to get that consistency um, that we see in a lot of a lot of championship contenders and that kind of takes him out of the running a lot of the time. So I'm hoping that a change of scenery, a new color front fender out in front of him, uh, will kind of shake things up a little bit and, and maybe be that last piece of the puzzle that he needs to secure himself a, uh, a, a much better title run than we've seen in years past. But uh, I love his chances, man, especially on the West. This guy is like a West coast track specialist, uh, very, very fluid, very rarely does he make mistakes. Um, I think one thing that McElrath could improve on is just getting his starts a lot more consistent that will set him up for success in just about every single main event. Uh, you know, he can get out there pretty decently here or there, but if he can nail out um, these, like, you know, top two starts and just consistently gets in the podium, uh, couple that with a few good wins, we could be talking about this being a Shane McElrath show and not so much a Dylan Ferrandez or Chase Sexton or a Forkner show, man. Uh, he's got what it takes. This team, we've seen they're, they're uh, a top-caliber team, probably the best team if we're going to go off of race wins and championships for 250s. Um, he's got the pieces of the puzzle, man. He just needs to make it happen and, uh, and secure it, and this could be very well his year. For sure, and this is a very short championship for those uh, uh, not completely in the know. Uh, obviously, it's uh, like they're showing round one of sixteen on the program, but that's not the case. These guys ride nine rounds, uh, and 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 two of those rounds is when they all come together, uh, where they can get some points stolen from uh, by those East guys. Um, so every single race counts. Um, starts are super important. They're, the races are a little bit shorter than the 450, so you don't have as much time to slash through the pack. Uh, I like Shane McElrath's chances. I think he's uh, one of those heavy three guys that I'm going to be looking at to, uh, um, to, to to make some serious noise in this championship, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's switch our focus over to uh, the only uh, 250 entry for the uh, the JGR uh, Suzuki team. We'll, we'll go from from uh, one bike that used to be yellow to now they're blue to a team that's uh, always been yellow in Suzuki with uh, their one factory entrant for the West Coast, which is Alex Martin. We've seen him win races in the past. Uh, I believe he's got a Supercross win, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a Supercross win, does he not? Um, and if he doesn't, he's definitely podiumed uh, on on Supercross races. Um, the the team like. It seems to be a little bit rocky as far as, as what the, to expect from them uh, this year. Like, like the seemed like uh, getting the money late. Uh, maybe they were late on parts. You don't know. Uh, honestly, that's pure pure speculation on my part. But you got to know that if they're uh, late to announce the riders, probably late to announce everything else. I'd imagine. Uh, so, in my opinion, Alex Martin is probably one of the more top end talented guys. 
Uh, he does so on a bike that uh, is known to be a little bit underpowered, and uh, underpowered in Supercross is is kind of a recipe for ex- uh, disaster, uh, especially when it comes to the whoops. Um, there's time that can be made in those rhythm sections where they're getting the power down. Uh, of course, we saw last year that uh, Alex was still able to, to triple out of a lot of corners and stuff like that, but um, like so- something about whether it be the starts on that machine or something along those lines doesn't seem to be gelling with him. Of course, this is his second year with that bike, so maybe that's a, a feather in his cap to move forward and, and uh, get something closer to what he would like to see. Uh, I know last year was a tough pill to swallow when he wasn't racing near where he wanted to be in, I think he was on the East Coast. Um, but um, what do you expect from uh, from the JGR Suzuki and Alex Martin in 2020? Uh, a lot of years racing as a pro. I think believe this is his 11th full season as a pro. Um, and uh, he's getting up there. Obviously, he's training with uh, the... the uh, Adam Cincerullo and uh, Ken Roxon. I think that's probably uh, like the the best addition to his program, honestly. And the fact that uh, he's pretty familiar with that Suzuki. Yeah, I like Alex Martin on the Suzuki, man. I mean, I know they get the whole team gets a lot of flack for Suzuki's being outdated and not fast. But I mean, uh, I think you and I have said it multiple times. If anyone can get power out of a machine, I think it's JGR. The amount of resources and development and time and support Definitely. they get from the from the factory guys. Um, yeah, those bikes are those bikes are flat out animals, man. They're really good. Um, are they as good as uh, you know some of the powerhouse bikes like the Yami or, or the Husky? Uh, it's a little tough to say, but I, they can get these bikes working for their their riders specifically to make sure that they are as comfortable as possible and that they are very very competitive. So um, I think for Alex Martin, he's got a, a year, like you said, under under his belt on this new bike. Um, he's coming in a little bit more consistent. I think he's had more time to train this off season, which we he probably didn't have um, uh, in the season previous. Um, I, I think he's, he's a little bit more focused and. Um, I expect him to have a really good year. Um, I know he's more of an outdoor specialist, him and his brother, and um, you know people talk about that all the time. But I think he can make he can get the job done. Um, again, with with this with this group, it, it's paramount to be consistent. You brought it up that it's a very short series. Uh, if Alex can nail out some top fives very consistently, um, put himself up there for a win, um, this could really set up set him up for success, man, and get that confidence ball rolling that we that we see a lot of guys kind of um, get once they get a, a string of good rides in the belt and um alex alex is no different i, I really think he can do it um he's, he's not afraid to to get out there and stick his wheel in we've seen that in previous races when he was on uh, maybe some subpar teams man he was giving it right to these factory guys no problem so um i expect him to really to really show us something this year i really hope he puts it together man this could be uh maybe a make or break year for alex if, uh, if he doesn't you know get get things going for himself which i suspect he will so um, the time will tell, and we'll see if he can put that yellow bike up there on the uh, top step of the podium. That we will. I think uh, I think it could be a very good year. He's coming in really quiet, um, and uh, I think that uh, I think there, there's there's not a lot of buzz about uh, Mr. Alex Martin right now. So maybe he comes in and surprise some fools. Uh, let's switch over to the white bikes. Um, the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna is starting with Michael Moseman, a guy who on the West Coast last year, was he on the West Coast? I think he was on the West Coast. Um, was He showed a wheel to Adam Cincerullo a ton of times during that championship. Led, led laps, was up front, good starts. 
showed that he's uh, he's got some serious speed on that thing. And uh, I think that uh, in his third year uh, racing Supercross, of course, he turned pro at the Atlanta Supercross. We were both at not two years ago, uh, which uh, he and he's shown some flashes. He's also shown that uh, he's taking this as a process where he's sort of uh, incrementally improving year by year. And I think this year he made, makes the next step. By being that thorn in the side of a lot of guys who are working towards getting a championship, uh, I think he's a guy that uh, steals a podium here and there, and uh, and really makes things miserable for some guys that uh, maybe if they're having a uh, a not so great night, that uh, the Michael Moseman is someone who's nipping at their heels. I agree with you. I, I like uh, I like what you said about him sort of stealing that uh, that podium from uh, somebody else, and I kind of equate him to like uh, what we've seen out of R.J. Hampshire in years past where that guy could just, you know, out of the blue, come and grab a second or third from, from out of nowhere and really throw some people off. And I think Mosman is kind of setting himself up in that same position. Um, it was a breath of fresh air to see that guy battle with AC. I think it was Denver and really uh, stick a wheel in there the last couple of rounds. Like he, something kind of clicked and um, his starts got better and he looked more fluid on the bike and like he was gelling with that white bike. So I expect him to have some really good rides. Do I see him as somebody who did, uh, you know, chase down a Ferrandis or or uh, battle for racing with these guys? Not so much, just because we haven't really seen him come to his full potential quite yet. But I do see him, like you said, maybe still in a third place here or there, um, hold, you know, holding on to some decent fourths some top fives, uh, maybe uh, some super fast laps or a heat race win. Can definitely see that all day. Hell, maybe even a, a triple crown win. Um, but I, I don't see uh, I don't see that just quite yet. He's got just a little bit more growth out of him. Um, it's not just that he couldn't be that guy next year. If he has a really good season, gets some good confidence, um, and, and maybe develops that bike a little bit more, I think he could really be a potent threat for 2021. But for 2020, I think he's uh, he's going to set himself up very, very well to be a top five uh, and maybe a podium threat guy. Fair enough. No, I, th- I think you're uh, you're you're uh, you're onto something there, my friend. Now, I, I from as far as the uh, provisional um, entry list is considered, it looks like he's the only uh, entrant for uh, Husqvarna on the West Coast. Uh, does that mean both R.J. Hampshire uh, as well as uh, Jalex Swole and who's the other guy they had? Who's their fourth? They had four. So those guys. Um, Moseman, Hampshire, and Swall. Yeah. Is there a fourth? Those are the only guys I had in my notes. Unless they do some <laughs> some weird surprise deal. I could have swore. I, I'm. This is, again, bad audio, but. Uh. Rockstar Husky. Oh yeah, just the three of them, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it must be Hampshire and Swole on the uh, on the west coast or the east coast. Uh, surprised to see that. I, I understand that with uh, uh, wanting to give Swole a little bit more time. In fact, both um, Hampshire and Swole are both. I think they're both from Florida, so the East Coast makes sense for both of those guys. I guess if you have three, you got to have two and one somewhere. Uh, so Mosman being the only 250 guy uh, on the uh, the Husky truck for the West Coast, and I, I expect big things from him. So uh, let's go from white KTM's to orange KTM's. Uh, let's talk about the TLD team, and I think your I guess your your team leader is Brandon Hartraft. 
and he's currently uh, training out of Corona, California. That's where he's calling home right now, anyway. Uh, the uh, the East Coast native um, is uh, he's a he's a he's a good looking guy. He's a tall drink of water. He's very physical on the motorcycle. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, he's he's going to make a step forward from where he was. Of course, uh, running the number thirty from last year, meaning he did well, but not absolutely light the place on fire type of results so i think that that step forward looks to be more of like a a high water mark of maybe a fifth and i think that you you'll see him somewhere in the 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 seven to eight nine range in most races uh, uh maybe like a a bad night would be like a 12th for brandon hartraft i'm sure that's not what he's looking for i think he's looking for a little bit more but uh if this is a two-year deal, if he if he has an opportunity to race uh, two years with this team, uh, or or if, if even if they have, K- I don't know if K- TLD KTM is going to be a thing next year. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, that might that uh, KTM deal might go to JGR. Uh, from from what I've heard, um, like if honestly in the next two years, I, I could see Brandon Hartraff going from a uh, an eight to nine guy. To a seven to nine guy to being a uh, a week in week out top five uh, threat. So, uh, but he's definitely made made some leaps and bounds in the last little while here, um, and, and he's definitely the I guess quote unquote team captain over at uh, at TLD KTM. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a that was a pretty good score for the TLD guys. Uh, he's he's a pretty solid rider, man. He, like you said, he's uh, more of a more of a uh, bigger stature guy too so you can really muscle that bike around um and i think he comes kind of comes under the radar um and one thing about um him is i think he's a little bit better handling that that pressure i think he responds pretty well to it i uh, think we've seen that in the past with some of the other um some of the rides that the the crucial ride that he need to have he kind of performed for those so um i really expect him to to wear that sort of team captain hat pretty well and and uh be a, a a really good flag bearer for that team. Um, again, much like I said about Moseman, I really don't see him um, stealing race wins from some of the past, the, the, the reigning champions, defending champions. Um, but I do see him being a top five guy, um, podium threat for sure, getting out front, leading some laps. Uh, it can very much happen. Uh, this this team is uh, very, very dialed in. They have a very good motorcycle. Um, I wonder if the bike could even help him, um, you know, refine his skills a little bit and take it to the next level instead of vice versa. Um, that'd be pretty cool to see. But uh, I, I expect him to have a good year. I mean, um, he could be, you know, like I said, anywhere between a, a third-place guy to a, to a fifth-place guy. And I would, I would say if that was a consistent deal, that's a pretty decently, uh, pretty decent successful successful year for the guy. Um, and he, you know, he's still, I won't say relatively a spring chicken, but he's still somewhat fresh in this in this whole realm of being a factory rider and being, you know, um, at the forefront of people's minds. So um, he, he, he's gonna have a good season. I feel like I uh, don't expect him to to win a race or do anything too too crazy, but a podium threat is definitely in the horizon for this guy. I think you're you're, you're right on the money, my friend. Uh, now, where do we stand on Derek Drake? Uh, the guy uh, showed flashes. He led laps in uh, Outdoor Nationals, which is a huge feather in his cap. But at the same time, uh, showed a ton of rookie mistakes in outdoors. And I can only imagine how that translates to, like, if like to be honest, you're sketchy outdoors. You are super sketchy indoors. 
And I, I, I like the kid is rolling in after uh, basically a full outdoor series. Uh, I, I would personally expect a little higher number than a, a 57. So you know that he had some, some ups and downs, uh, from last year. So like, in my opinion, uh, I'm going to kind of a wait and see how to do with D- double D Derek Drake. Like, uh, I know you're a huge fan of him because you like, uh, double D names, but other than that, what is there to like about Derek Drake right now? The guy, like he's, I feel like he's only a, a half a year into his pro career and everyone's standing around being like, all right, kid, show me something. Yeah. He's kind of an unknown. I mean, a lot of people still don't even really, uh, like know about him that much. Um, you know, very, very fast and amateurs, you know, just like most of these guys are. Um, but I think he still needs some time to refine his race craft, man. Uh, anytime you pull a, a rider out of the, the AMs like that and get him on, on board, it's really tough to throw them in a super cross arena and, uh, and have them, uh, have a successful year. It's very, very, uh, few and far between them. We get a rider that comes up and just starts kicking ass automatically. Um, just having seen some of his outdoor rides, that's a pretty decent starter. Um, I think he's, uh, he's definitely got the, the, the talent. He's not as erratic as we see, you know, most, uh, most new, newcomers. Um, when they, uh, when they hop on the pro scene, I don't see him really riding over his head or overly aggressive. I just think he'll, just a few rookie mistakes here and there, just with like timing and stuff like that. But, um, I, I think you said it really well. I mean, if you're, if you have a hard time or if you're sketching outdoors, Supercross ain't going to be that great for you, buddy. But, uh, I, I do see him, um, maybe using this as like a building block year, maybe just getting his foot wet or feet wet. Um, just, um, figuring out what it's like to ride and it's just tight quarters with some of these you know, top athletes. Um, I'd say a successful year for him, man. Just focus on getting to maybe a few top 10s, top 12s, uh, and just, just work on the consistency uh, aspect. Um, use those good starts that, he, that we've seen him get in the, uh, in the past and, and use it to his full advantage. Maybe um, pull in behind one of maybe his teammates, team captain, or, uh, or behind one of their bigger names to kind of follow them through some, through some lines or through some laps and, and really learn from them. Could be a really good building block year, and uh, he can make it successful if he just goes out there um, with realistic goals and, and really doesn't try to bite off more than he can chew or let the uh, the nerves get to him like we see with a lot of guys. There's been a lot of riders in this, uh, in this position where they're into the pros, they're on a factory machine, and they aren't performing. So if he can sort of stay out of that, I think he can, uh, he can have a, a pretty decent successful year for a, a rookie fresh into the sport. There you go. Like I think, like uh, if he can clean those things up, obviously he spent a lot of time on Supercross. The kid lives out there. Um, he was impressive at some of those amateur all star races. Uh, easily got all those points through those uh, uh, the amateur races that they did do. Um, so hey, maybe this kid completely proves me wrong, and he's knocking down podiums here, here left and right. Maybe some top fives. Uh, and I would seriously be impressed by that. I, I, I don't expect that from Derek, uh, this season. I think, uh, um, like these kids, these kids, they do have a lot of speed. He certainly does. Uh, he had, he seems to have uh, more trouble than most putting it together, uh, and being consistent with it. So, uh, I wish him nothing but the best, but for right now, it just seems like it's a bit, uh, uh, yet to be seen. So, uh, we gotta see it. Um, let's switch to the Geico Honda team, a team, that is full of riders who are always fast, always uh, challenging for champions. And uh, let's let's start at the top of the list um, with a guy that I believe will be uh, will making his uh, 
his day, his his return to Supercross after uh, a full year and a half uh, out of pro racing in the states. Of course, he was at Monster Cup, but doesn't really count as far as I'm concerned. As far as really racing, getting some serious gate drops, went over to France, did that as well. I think uh, maybe left a little bit on the table as far as some his some results. He's from Rochester, Minnesota. He's actually from Millville, Minnesota, uh, but currently resides in Rochester. Uh, the number six of Jeremy Martin. Racing the Geico Honda, the guy is going to be fast. The guy is going to get the job done big time. I think he's 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 one of my title favorites right now. Um, on on a Friday, having not seen any practices or anything like that, I I think you can expect big things from uh, a little man in the form of uh, of Justin or Justin Jeremy Martin, the number six machine for Geico Honda. Yeah, this was more of an unknown for me, man. I mean. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Martin, especially outdoors. Nothing is cooler than watching that guy throw a bike around outdoors. He's, he's super talented. Um, I just I really haven't seen him. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't really seen him be up there on the on the Honda, just um, sort of battling with some of these other you know top top tier guys. Um, is that because I do the only think, time you can think of uh, Jeremy Martin on a Honda 250F is him flipping through the air at San Diego that one year. Pretty much, yeah, onto the tough block. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, he had a, he, he some growing pains for the, for him on that new bike for sure. But uh, I'm, I, I really do think he he can nab he can nab a win for sure. I mean, it's Jeremy Martin. Come on, you know. Um, but it's just it's just tough to to say that he's as gelled with that bike as like a Ferranis is. And it's not only just the seat time, but just being in that position on that bike and some really high stress um, situations over and over and over again. Um, I do think the other guys kind of have this number there just for the time being, because they didn't see him on a gate for a little bit, but um, you know, maybe half into the season uh, through the, through the, uh, the West coast, I, I, I do think he's going to come into his own and, um, and start, start battling with these guys for some pretty decent uh, positions. Um, he's one guy that I will add to the list that needs to get better starts in Supercross. Um, I, I, outdoors, he's, he's one of the guys that kind of likes to stink to the pack a little bit if he can and do like that bag at Chupacabra, you know, wait till last minute to attack and just win that way. But um, Supercross, he kind of struggles a little bit with, with starts. So if he can can work on that a little bit, um I, he could he could be pretty pretty potent and pretty lethal. I, I wouldn't say that he's my favorite pick for um, sort of like that dark horse who's going to come in and just rock the whole entire industry and and start winning everything. Um, but I am curious to see how he does, man. He it could go either way. It could be like super successful where he's killing it, or it could be hey he takes some time to get those the building blocks started towards uh, ascending to where he was before he got hurt. Fair enough. Well, like in Supercross, we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly form from Jeremy Martin. We saw him way back in the day, six years ago. Uh, he was having a hard time making main events in the East Coast. Uh, we saw him, uh, uh, literally not make one of the main events, uh, with the 77 on his machine, uh, that first rookie, or I guess it was his, I guess that was his rookie season. He was wearing 77, so he had gotten some points in the outdoors prior, uh, the year prior, but, uh, um, like hot on his heels, a guy who is fresh off of his suspension through, from uh, from the FIM racing in uh, in Christian Craig. Uh, can we just like roll all the old tape of saying how awesome Christian Craig is at riding a dirt bike, and he's so cool to watch, and he, he's uh, he's so good in the whoops, and you know he's going to be good on the dry stuff. Um, 
all those things. Like literally every here's the book. That's the book on on, on uh, Christian Craig. Unfortunately, in addition to that, um, crashes have happened. Uh, some weirdo luck sometimes because that's racing, as well as uh, um, the inability to finish a series. He's never, he's won multiple Supercross races, but never won a championship uh, indoors or out. Um, he's getting on in years a little bit. At some point, age catches up as you catches up to you. At some point, the kids catch up to you. Um, so I think this year is uh, I'm sort of like I'm probably more wait and see about Christian Craig than most. Um, but maybe you can change my mind a little on him a little bit. I really don't think that uh, he's a serious title threat. Maybe that uh, is completely. I'm completely out to lunch on that. But uh, like, what, what do you think? The 62 machine, Christian Craig. Oh man, he's like he's one of my favorites for this class, man. He's just such a good skilled rider. If you ever watch him ride a motorcycle, the guy makes zero mistakes. I talked to him a few times at some riding schools and. Dude, like, never gets arm pumped. His form's always on point. Such a cool guy. Um, but with Christian Craig, I got to wonder how much of that uh, that FIM WADA deal kind of is playing with him mentally, you know what I mean? If that kind of takes a lot out of you, just mentally and physically, just fighting that whole thing. And now, um, now I don't say being behind the eight ball, but just having your focus somewhere else for so long and then trying to hop back into it and be mentally ready, whereas your competition, who, again, aren't slouches, they've been just all in, eyes on the prize. I want to win this title for the last, you know, three, four months. Um, that that might might come into effect. But just looking, just looking at the riding, Christian's, Christian's awesome. Man. He's, he's, a, he's a very, very skilled rider, very lethal. He can win races. He can lead laps. Um, it's just, you know, again, I feel like I'm a broken record right now, but consistency, man. So many of these guys aren't consistent, and Christian, no matter how good he is, uh, he's, he falls in that same category. And we've seen him make these, uh, these title runs, uh, quite a bit when he was battling him and Cooper Webb. The guy was up there all the time, crushing it in the whoops, uh, you know, top two, top three, winning, um, good string of it, and then kind of fell back and had some, some, uh, some not so stellar races. So, um, I think for Christian this year, it's just going to be mitigating those bad races. If he can make his worst race a fifth or sixth, that's going to be a super huge um, shakeup for a lot of the guys he's racing against and and really uh, boost him up in points a lot. I mean, it's not really common that we see Christian in that position where he's not, um, you know, not dropping back or, or, or not uh, not having these mistakes. So if, if he can do that this year, man, we're going to have a really, really like lethal Christian Craig, man, because the guy can, can ride with the best of them is very, very, very good in that bike. I'll say it a million times over. It's just that next step of the consistency, the start, and then just putting his wheel on these guys. Hey, maybe uh, maybe this year is his year, my my friend. I think that uh, uh, the fact that he has been racing for as long as he's been racing, uh, and this is kind of like a uh, he's almost like a uh, a poor man's Martin Davalos. Uh, the fact that the both of them have been racing in the 250 class since for over a decade. And neither one of them has ever held down a, a, a permanent number. Like I think that that is is the the biggest telltale sign that they haven't been able to nail down the consistency, um, because the speed is there, the race wins are there, the podiums are there, the those the, that that 
speed it has never been something that you question question with Christian Craig. It's always been about uh, staying healthy and staying on two wheels when he needs to uh, to perform. So maybe that changes for him. Uh, but we'll see. Honestly, I, I, if I have to put my money on anything, I think uh, that I put uh, his two teammates, including Jet Lawrence, to maybe even be nipping at his heels uh, throughout this series. Uh, 83 is the number that he earned while racing the, the tail end, or I guess that was three, uh, three suit, or three outdoors. Uh, not a bad showing considering, uh, he, he held up, uh, at a couple of them, even though he didn't have to. We can get into that for days, but we won't. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, uh, Jet Lawrence has a, has, uh, He's coming in, uh, having been served some humble pie at, uh, uh, both the, uh, um, like, uh, the, some of the off-season races that he's been, been at. I think that, uh, it's been a, lear- a steep learning curve for Supercross. He's gonna get his feet wet. I think that his high water mark for the year is gonna be a top five finish. Uh, and, but I, I think he's also a smart and consistent rider. And I think he gets good starts too. So I don't think he's going to have a wide range of outcomes for his rookie season. Maybe an outlier of like a, of a, of a bad race here and there. But I can think you can expect Jet Lawrence to be, uh, a, a five to ten guy every single weekend. And, uh, and that's a great start for an Australian rookie that doesn't have a, a full season in Supercross yet. Yeah, I have to agree, man. I mean, um, Jet did pretty, pretty uh pretty dang good at, at, at monster cup and just you know seeing what we can from social media and these you know murmurs in the industry um he's no slouch in the super cross track man i think one thing that he has to worry about is the same that a lot of rookies came in uh with over the past years is just that all that um that anxiousness and the and the nerves i mean all of that culminating into a, just a rider that goes over his head a little bit um and we, we know they're talented they show flashes of brilliance here and there they just overdo it just a little bit. And I really hope he doesn't fall under that same umbrella because the guy is just so good. If he can kind of keep himself metered and really, really focus, um, like I said, maybe do something like um, um, uh, like what we talked about before where he can sort of maybe use his teammates or um, fall some of the top-tier guys around the track just for a few laps just to kind of get into a mellow groove and see what see where they're hitting their marks. He could be um, one rookie that could – uh, catapult himself to the same conversation as the Fortner or somebody. He's that damn talented. And I think it was a really good pickup for Honda and they really want to groom him to be like the next big thing. And uh, one thing I like about him is that he's personable. Uh, and he also rides his ass off on the track, man. So um, you can be both people. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a, a pretty good year. Um, it's really tough to say whether or not he's going to come in guns blazing or, you know, uh, like I said before with Martin possibly take some time to, uh, to build that race acumen that, that you really, really need in this, uh, this super stack class. So, um, we'll see, man. I, I really, I really do believe a successful year for him, man. He could really, he could be a podium threat. Uh, hell, I mean, we've seen guys come out of nowhere and even win these races. So, um, I think he can land the podium, man. He could be a, a pretty good top seven, top five, uh, consistent guy and, um, and really be a thorn in the side for these guys and just really have some really amazing rides. Uh, I could, I could see him doing some really cool things like, uh, you know, scrubbing in front of some guys or doing some cool tire taps actions or something like that where no one's doing anything like this kid. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, we'll see. I think, uh, he's definitely got, like, you just hope 
those are types of guys that you just hope they do well because you know that that means they're going to get all the uh, the publicity in the world, and, and that publicity is going to turn into uh, radio gold. I hope he'll come on the podcast and, and uh, increase the ratings because anytime that kid opens his mouth, it's uh, good times, good people, Kelsey's. Um, so, um, that being said, we've talked about the Yamahas, we've talked about the Suzuki's, the white KTM's, the orange KTM's, and the Honda's. What could be left? What is else out there that we could possibly be talking about? Maybe a, a team that, oh, I don't know, maybe should have won this championship last year. Want, don't want to throw any shade at our, our buddy Adam. But uh, won a number of races. They've done pretty well on the West Coast in the past. The one W has definitely been on on the, a few green bikes in the, uh, on the over the last few years. Mitch Payton and the Monster Pro Circuit Kawasaki team um, will be coming to uh, to play. I believe Jordan Smith will be uh, be one of their uh, combatants. So why don't we start? With that young man, a guy who has been uh, battling a wrist injury for a long period of time, he trains at uh, at at, uh, at uh, MTF has been for a long time. Uh, as far as I know, he's uh, he's your uh, uh, he's definitely going to be on the West Coast for the first time, I believe. I think every other season he's been on the East, or yeah, he's been on the East every time. Um, so maybe that's a, a big change for him. Uh, but I also don't don't see the rest of his teammates being listed on the uh, on the uh, the pre entry form. So I don't know who's joining him on the east coast or the west coast but uh while i maybe look this up a little bit what do you think about jordan smith switching coast going west coast for the first time in a long time if ever uh i like that man i like i like jordan uh george smith uh mixing things up a little bit i mean it's super refreshing to see him on something different uh i'm i, I really like him on the on the cowie here he's going really well on it um he's getting really comfortable with the new team with the new bike um, with the how with how it handles, um, being on a on a steel frame bike before and hopping hopping onto this thing, it's uh it's pretty cool to see. I I do think um he's one guy that could surprise us. So he could come out and whole shot and like lead the entire thing. Um, that's one thing about Jordan Smith is the uh, the, the the talent is deep and he is uh, very very easily you know one of the top three top four guys um, in this class when it comes to some someone that can really perform like that. And uh, we've seen him sort of contend for, for titles. I think it was 2017. He was up there um, pretty highly just um, sort of kicking butt and, uh, and really almost being like, like the, the fastest guy the, on the East coast. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do, man. I, I, I really wonder if he's uh, got that Cali figured out to the point where he's going to be comfortable and, and come out as a, as a title contender at a one being that, you know, that early, um, I like the chances though, man. I mean, if we can't count the guy out for going through, uh, going by history on what he's, what he's capable of, he's, he can do the damn thing, man. He can really easily come out and, and shock all of us. So I'm anxious to see how he does in the Cali, man. This how that whole Cali team is going to perform. Absolute no, and he'll be joined by Cameron McAdoo, two brand new uh, riders on the team for 2020. 
you know they've been putting in some time on, on the uh, on the West Coast there, getting in the time at the Kawasaki track, K2, as well as the now third Kawasaki track. Not, not only uh, is uh, they have the two tracks of the Kawasaki Valley there, or the one that's right off the highway, but they also have the one, uh, I believe, that's near Glen Helen. Pretty cool that they have so many different tracks to put some serious laps on, especially with the, weather, the way the weather's been out West. Um, but both uh, himself... Uh, Jordan Smith, who has led races, he's he's won races uh, on a KTM in the past. He's also led led the the points going into the final round before tossing that sucker away. Um, but a guy who's a bit unproven in Supercross, of course, he had his high watermark, uh, best uh, career best finish, the last race that we saw him at on a uh, on a on a Honda. Uh, when he got third at the uh, the crazy shootout race at the uh, the last race of the year in uh, in Vegas last year, uh, and that's Cameron McAdoo. Uh, he switched teams not once but twice since we saw uh, saw him uh, do that at his last Supercross race. Now he's on Kawasaki, um, a, a bike that uh, he's not super familiar with. But honestly, but by, by at this point, he sh- they, these guys should have had a lot of time spinning laps, getting used to the bike, and uh, I don't know if he's the best tester in the world, but you know that. They've got um, the great and talented Ivan Tedesco shaking down those bikes uh, for a number of years now. Uh, they've had that bike pretty much dialed in for a long period of time, and I think that uh, that's one thing that um, that McAdoo's really going to benefit from is having a bike that's uh, basically pre-set up for him. He's got all the options ripped and ready to go, and from I understand, he's also got a great mechanic in his corner, which I, th- I believe, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, I think that uh, uh, Adam Cincerolo, uh his old mechanic, uh, Eric, or not Eric Zimmerman, Brandon Zimmerman will be working with uh, McAdoo, so uh, great bike underneath him and a great mechanic in his corner, uh, just a few feathers in the cap of uh, of Cameron McAdoo. Yeah, Matt McAdoo, is, he's, a, he's a good rider. I mean, he's super, super good, super talented. Um, I, I I really, I'm curious to see where he falls into this class, you know, because he tends to fall um, towards the back of people's minds a lot, even though he does have some of these breakout rides. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out why people don't, you know, talk about him more because he can ride the motorcycle. Um, he's fairly consistent for uh, from the equipment he's been on or, you know, when you consider he's a 250 guy. And um, he's, he's gels with every single team that he's, that he's been on. He was like Mr. Finland last year. So um, I'm curious to see how he fits in with, uh, with you know, with a Forkner and, um, and the rest of his teammates, if, if he can kind of hang with them and, um, you know, uh, ride with, with, with his top-tier teammates or if he kind of plays like that second fiddle position um, and kind of, you know, rides – rides under the radar a little bit, stays consistent, um, you know, get those top sevens, those, you know, maybe a, a top five here and there, but, uh, but uh, you know, stays in that category. Or if he can, you know, get like, you know, a third or a podium or, um, or at least, you know, be up there battling for a second place or a win or something like that, you know, it, it, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see. And we haven't really seen him on a Cowie, haven't seen him on a new bike. So, I'm excited, man. I think he can only go up from here. He's got a little bit more to do to make a name for himself, like, you know, like a Forkner or someone like that, or like a Jordan Smith. But uh, I expect they think of him this year. I think I think he could do some really special things. I think he uh, uh, he's, he's worked hard, and uh, he's, he's got great things coming to him. 
Uh, I think that uh, he's in the best position of his career to make something special happen uh, uh, come the uh, to tomorrow night. It's, we're listening, literally talking from on Friday here. So, uh, looking for the, some good uh, performances from him. Uh, other guys of note. Uh, guys that uh, rode well last year that are looking to to have some breakout rides and and turn some heads. Um, the uh, uh, FXR Racing, of course, your favorite uh, uh, apparel brand. Uh, Chaparral sixty Honda Yoshimura uh, Sunstar ODI. Okay, so they literally put every single name of the uh, every sponsor in the name of the team. Uh, way to go, Michael Lindsay. Um, the, uh, the the Chaparral team that's uh, dressed head-to-toe in FXR stuff. Uh, Cody Shock, uh, we've seen him on 250s. We've seen him on 450s in the past, uh, outdoors. Um, I, I don't know what to expect from this kid. I don't, like Maybe you know him a little bit better than I do. What what uh, uh, what can we expect from a guy like Shock? Um, he's, a, he's a damn good rider. I think uh, he's sort of coming out of like that... Uh, maybe the middle or lower privateer, lower uh, uh, level privateer rider. I do think uh, he's going to turn some heads in Supercross, especially. Uh, he, he's uh, really honing his craft uh, for Supercross. And um, from what I can tell, he likes the Honda and likes the way the bike set up. I think Michael did a really good job in making sure that his team likes the, uh, the equipment and really pick people that he knows could refine the bike for each rider. Um, I think he's going to be good. Um, you know, I, I, it's not out of the realm to say uh, he could, very easily get like you know a top twelve or sneak into a top ten possibly, um, but again he's going to be riding against some stiff competition, so it's uh, you don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, man. But uh, he's very very capable of doing it. Um, he's got the talent for it, got the equipment for it. Um, I think he's uh, more of a let's say newer guy, quote unquote, to the to the series. So um, I say give him some time, and he could uh, he could really turn some heads and really uh, show people what he can do. Absolutely, I think that uh, the kid can seriously make some noise. He might be able to put it into a few of those main events. Same thing with Logan Carnow. Carnow, uh, he's uh, racing for a Canadian team, the PRMX. Uh, now, no longer wearing, uh, they were wearing that hideous strict racing gear for a number of years. They switched to a slightly less hideous gear in uh, in just one. Some of their stuff is really, really tight. Some of their stuff is uh, um, better to be left out of sight. Um, but, uh, Carnell put himself in some mains last year. He was successful. Uh, I think as the series progresses and a few guys drop off, that's when he's going to be most, uh, clicking off some, some of his best, uh, rides. I think in the past, A1 has sort of not been his absolute, uh, best race. He's uh, out of Ohio. Um, so you know he's a long way from home, but he's used to that. He's been doing it for a long period of time. Uh, the PRMX ride, it's a, it's a, it's a Pelletier Kawasaki. And I think that, uh, um, they've shown in the past, they, they've got a, uh, a race proven prep package. And I, th- I think you can expect thing, great things from Carnell. Uh, Killian Auberson is going to be, he's not going to be racing a KTM 250F. He's going to be racing on the AJE Gas Monkey, um, Husqvarna team because, uh, earlier this week, um, uh, Josh Osby went ass over tea kettle and needed immediately emergency surgery. Uh, so uh, he's uh, so the Winchester, California native in in Killian Alberson uh, will be uh, inputted into uh, that race program. So uh, maybe that is a little bit of an uptick in uh, in, in his potential uh, rides. Michael Lieb is on a completely uh, privateer effort. Um, 
uh, as well. And one guy who's not on the list, who I believe is racing uh, West Coast, is the 40 machine of the Freckle. Uh, none other than Mitchell Oldenburg. Um, we've seen him get podiums in the past. We've seen him get pretty much everything but a win. Of course, those were on factory back machines with both the uh, TLD KTM and the Star Racing Yamaha. By no means do I think that uh, the uh, Penrite Honda is on par with the uh, the TLD KTM or the Star Yamaha, but. I think he's going to have a decent ride, and if and like, I don't think horsepower has ever been an issue for uh, uh, Freckle. He's always had speed, so if he can keep it on two wheels, that guy might be a bit of a spoiler for a few of these guys that are looking to be uh, uh, consistently in the top five, top six. Like uh, in the past, I think we saw guys like um, Chris Blose, who uh, has shown extreme speed and uh, and a lot of uh, and surprised some people last year in the West Coast. Uh, when he was knocking down uh, top six, seven finishes on, almost on a weekly basis, so I think that might be that could be that that could be Freckle this year, uh, knocking down some impressive rides. Hundred percent. I, I think that's a good comparison. Where uh, you put him up with Blos. I mean, Blos had a very, a, a pretty damn successful year, and was probably the most untalked about rider. Um, didn't get nearly as much credit as he deserved for having such a good season. And I, I can see Aldenberg kind of fit in that, in that position. I do kind of put him more of a, as a, um, maybe that top tier rider, but the guy that you, that you could count on to get like that fifth or sixth or the, even that fourth here and there. Um, it, it's, uh, it's kind of a bummer. You don't see him on the, uh, the star racing Yamaha anymore. Cause you know, I think he was a really good fit for that bike and, and he mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, it, it happens in the sport, you know, people hop around a little bit. Uh, so yeah, you can expect them to, to, um, just take it just a little bit of a step back until he kind of gets that new bike figured out. And then we could see the, um, the Oldenburg of, uh, of, of the, of the past just sort of reemerge and, um, come out swinging, man. Uh, he's uh, every bit as talented as some of the guys that we see on these factory bikes, and he could really do a lot for this team and really do a lot for himself and um, and solidify himself as a top-tier rider again. Well, there you go. And, uh, you know, Bradley Lionette will be nipping at uh, maybe getting into some main events. Uh, the Rockwell Yamaha Phoenix, I, I believe it's not called Phoenix Racing anymore. It's uh, uh, the Team Solitaire uh, Yamahas. They had some issues last year. It was actually uh, uh, on the on the verge of comical last year with uh, the the issues that they had with uh, was that Mitchell Harrison just uh, just not being able to keep things together. This year, slightly different program, still on Yamahas. They've got some fast bikes. They've got uh, a great look in the pits. There, I think they're head to toe in Liat gear. Uh, but uh, I would keep an eye out for Bradley Lionette. Ninety-eight in your program, but he only raced uh, outdoors, uh, uh, Supercross, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the, the points that he got were off of uh, the, his motos through Supercross. So uh, I, I think that you can expect him to have some pretty good rides, as well as Luke Clout. Uh, Luke Cloud has uh, showed a lot of speed uh, over in uh, over in Australia. He's on that Penrite Honda team, uh, who has a, a pretty damn good test rider in his own right, and Freckle as a teammate. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Luke Cloud 
uh, uh, banging in, inside the top five, everyone or top ten, everyone small. I don't think he's gonna be a top five guy, but I think he's gonna be a top ten guy, uh, repping that one hundred and one uh, number, which uh, um, is usually reserved for past champions, uh, but at least for sure with uh, with uh, European or international riders. So at least I, I, I'm kind of happy to see the uh, the one hundred and one sort of being used in that sort of fashion. But anyway, uh, it's. Five after uh, one o'clock in the morning here on a Friday morning, Thursday night, uh, and you have to go to work first thing in the morning. I, on the other hand, do not. I'm enjoying my last day of holidays before having to go to, back to school starting Monday morning. Um, so with that, my friend, uh, let's give a, a championship uh, uh, top three. Give me three guys that you think have seri- are serious contenders and uh, give me like a... a, a, a Championship prediction for uh, not only this weekend but uh, the West Coast 250 class as a whole. Oh man, that wasn't going to be tough. I do. Uh, I like my Yamaha guys. I, I for sure see. Uh, man, it's tough because I'm kind of between Nichols and uh, and Ferrandis for uh, um, like A1. Back-up. You know the potential. The, sorry, back around. Sorry, here we go. Um, between the, the two of those guys. Um, I do, I'm probably going to sway more on the side of Ferrandis, um, to be honest with you. Um, I, I do think, for all the reasons that we listed, the guy's just, he can't be denied, man. He's, he's the reigning, uh, one of the reigning West region champs. So, um, love, love that dude. Think he's going to, think he's going to crush it. Um, I would say, um, oh man, it's tough. Definitely going to be a tough one for who that second place is going to be. Oh, Brad, you're you're killing me, man. Let's try to make the predictions right now. Because <laughs> uh, you're you're half asleep. Give me give me uh, give me someone who's going to be on the podium, man. Like, is it is it going to be uh, Jordan Smith? It's, it's, is I it going to be like one of the, Yow- the Honda guys right now? I, I I do think Jordan Smith is good for a third. I will say that the second place though is I literally want to put six people in that spot. It's so tough, and that's, yeah, um, especially that's how it's especially be. on the West Coast. Oh man. Um, I want to say uh, maybe I'll follow in what you said. Maybe I think you got some good uh, some good intel. I'll, I'll throw Jeremy Martin for a second place. Fair enough. So just basically just going straight off of uh, my uh, my my intel alone. Uh, that's not not a bad thing to do whatsoever. And I think uh, um, and like I'm seriously thinking about doing a a big MX uh, pulp MX fantasy uh, league. This year, of course, uh, Pulp MX, one of the more popular podcasts. If you if you listen to this pul- podcast, you for sure listen to Pulp, and you probably play fantasy. Maybe we would do a fantasy league uh, and do some cool stuff through that. We'll, we'll see what we can come up with tomorrow. But anyway, uh, my champion will be the champion from last year, uh, Dylan Ferrandis, and I think he wins this weekend too. Uh, nipping at his heels, having more consistency with uh, uh, with his finishes, maybe not more wins. Uh, then other riders will be Jeremy Martin, and I believe third on the uh, in the championship will be Shane McElrath. I think he wins multiple races. I also think that he has a couple of disaster weekends uh, that bit, bite him in the ass. Uh, but I think after the season, he goes and races in the 450 class uh, because he'll have pointed out. Uh, but I have him good for third on the championship. So I'm going to go Ferrandis followed by Jeremy Martin and Shane McElrath in my championship. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it, uh, if it uh, works out like that 
for uh, the main event this weekend in Anaheim, where you will be, where you're representing and, uh, and, and doing all things the collective experience. I wish you all the luck with that, my friend, and we'll talk about it. We'll break it all down in a, only a few days' time. Really looking forward to it. Same, man. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm really, uh, really amped to uh, get the program kicked off and get these interns set up with some of their pro riders and fans hooked up with going behind the scenes with their favorite uh, Supercross athletes. So, uh, yeah, I'm really amped to get more people in the program. If you guys have any interest, check out the collective xp.com at the collective ex on Instagram or just go bug Brad like everyone else does and uh, and see so you can get the inside scoop and out with people like Mr. Brad Gephardt. Uh, or some of these other industry experts to make a name for yourself in the sport. Uh, but yeah, Brad, you got to get to some more races, man. I'm excited to get you uh, there next weekend and uh, race some havoc with your brother. Hell yeah, my friend. Only uh, uh, six days time. You have yourself a great rest of your evening. Um, do not hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.